Welcome to Passion and Purpose, a podcast with Jimmy Cyber and the Antioch Movement. Whether this is your first time with us or you've been with us for a while now, our desire is that by the end of our time together, you can say that you've fallen more in love with Jesus and have a greater passion for Him and His purposes in the earth. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope that you enjoy today's episode. Well, hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Passion and Purpose podcast. I'm Drew Stedman here today with Jimmy, and we're excited to be back at it after a couple months of not having any episodes, but it's good to be here today. Yeah, it's it's awesome. And uh, the uh, pause was not because of COVID. I'm clean. You're not going to get COVID through the podcast, I promise. Uh, hopefully you're going to get healed through the podcast. Amen. Uh, but yeah, you know, there's seasons in life where it's good just to pause. And it's been a great time of seeking God. And I'm excited to jump back in it today and, and, uh, and to keep us moving forward. Well, Jimmy, I have been in quite a few conversations with you recently. And we actually have a new sermon series for those of you who are at Antioch Waco. And we've been talking a lot about the kingdom of God. Mm. And I know it's been stirring for me and um, some of our dialogue thought it'd be good today to take everyone into what are some of those fresh insights Mm -hmm. that you've received uh, during this time as you've gone back to the word. Yeah, you know, I think that the deal is when kingdoms are in conflict, whether it's internal in our nation, whether we see brokenness around the world or whatever, you know, people are asking a lot of questions. What is the answer? What's the, who has the answer, et cetera. And the answer has always been the same. It's Jesus and the kingdom of God, right? It's the, it's the king and a kingdom. I, I love what uh, several people are, have used this phrase these days. You know, we're trying to build kingdoms without a king, mm-hmm. and it just doesn't work. The kingdom of God endures, has endured, will endure, and ultimately is our is our landing spot. So when I, when I think about that, I it, you know obviously you got to get definitions right. So. The first one is, you know, what is a king? And a king is one who rules and reigns. And if if we're really clear, one who absolutely rules and reigns, right? So the absolute rule and reign of a monarch or a leader is a king in his right place. And the beautiful thing about God as king is that he's a benevolent king. Right. Right? A tender, loving, kind. His only motives are for the kids of the kingdom to flourish and to make it. But that doesn't in any way alleviate his authority or his absolute leadership over our lives. It's kind of like um, when I was, uh, when Laura and I were raising our kids, that we were now all adults, it was um, we were their friends, we were their playmates, <laughs> we were their correctors, we were their their encouragers, but we didn't lose our place as being parents, even as we stooped down to play with them on the floor and to care for them. We retained our authority over their lives appropriately until they became adults so that we also could lead them well, even as we were loving them well. And I think that's a huge deal. Uh, to get that one right. He is a king who rules and reigns. He has absolute authority to be respected and honored, but he chooses to be loving and sharing and caring and kind. That's great. So we've got the king. I hear a lot of talk and I've heard a lot about what is the kingdom. So can you give us, if you were to say like just a simple definition with all the stuff that's out there, what actually is the kingdom? Yeah, for me, the simplest definition is wherever the king is ruling and reigning, there is the kingdom, and wherever the king is not ruling and reigning, there is chaos, 
or coming chaos, right? So take that personally in my own life. If King Jesus is not ruling and reigning, then there is impending chaos. There may be inner turmoil. There may be uh, ideas and thoughts that haven't yet borne bad fruit. But if, it, if I'm my own king, uh, that means the kingdom is not ruling and reigning in my life. When Jesus is king of my heart, he's ruling and reigning. So therefore, the kingdom of God is being made manifest through my life. Now, and on the broader sense, it could be, um, hey, in my business, if the if the kingdom of God is ruling and reigning, it means the values of ethics and honor and respect and uh, you know caring for others and looking to others' interests. All that kingdom activity makes it a kingdom business or not a kingdom business, right? Or um, it could be you know how we lead a nation, or it could be actually how I lead my family. The rule and reign of God in my family and in the way that we live out. Uh, our lives is whether the kingdom of God is present in our lives. So wherever the king is, there is a kingdom. Wherever the king is not ruling and reigning, there is chaos. So, oh, come on, everybody. Let's get the kingdom of God, the rule and reign of God in all of our uh, life uh, attitudes, our experiences, and the uh, spheres of influence that we have. Yeah, I love how you are uh, tying the kingdom to the king. Yeah. And you know, I think the danger we can run into sometimes is we reduce the kingdom to a concept yeah. or a system independent of the actual reign of the king. And what you're saying, if I'm hearing you right, is it's the reign of the king, and then out of that can flow all kinds of stuff Absolutely. that's good. But yeah. if the king isn't central, you're not going to have the kingdom. Absolutely. And I, and I think that uh, here's a here's a controversial statement, but why not? We're here on a podcast. This is where that's you, what podcasts this, are for. That's what you got. So. Um, there is this false belief that man is evolving into greater goodness, that because of uh, the technology or our abilities or the things we've learned in history, that we're becoming better. And I would say, look around for a minute. <laughs> There's still a lot of wickedness out there, self-interest, self-determination, humanistic thought and, and philosophies. And we keep thinking if the humans could just get it more right, then we'll be greater. The problem is, is that we're not made to rule and reign apart from God. Mm-hmm. That, that we are not made to ultimately rule and reign. That's why we raise one king up and we throw down another. That's why we have one system of government we think that works, and then it burns out, and we put another one up. Everything There's nothing new under the sun. So one system emerges. It submerges because it didn't work. It didn't it, it, because it wasn't under the rule and reign of the king. Then it reemerges as like a new idea. And so there's nothing new under the sun. And wherever the king is not ruling or reigning in our hearts and our lives and our activities and our applications, there will be chaos eventually. And then the humans will all rebel, throw it off, and they'll try something else. But I'd say, let's quit trying everything else, and why don't we come to Jesus, come to the king, and start working it through the kingdom of God mindset so that we can heal, restore, and get back to what God intended. So you referenced a couple times we weren't made for something or what God intended. Mm. So that's a pretty deep theological statement. So mm-hmm. take us into that. So how yeah, how sure. do we see the kingdom of God reflected in what God intended? Yeah. So uh, again, um, hopefully people are familiar with the Genesis 1 account, Genesis 2, Genesis 3. But I literally spent, I think, ultimately about three years reading every day Genesis 1 through 3. I did it. 
because I said, I have to see the original in order to understand the counterfeit. My concern for all of us is that we haven't looked at the original intent of God long enough to rightly discern what's wrong in our present situation. So as I spent these months just meditating, rereading it as a part of the beginning of my devotional life, what it did was it solidified that, you know, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So everything was created by God and for God with the intention of goodness from God. Right. So we have all of creation. So like when people say, you know, well, uh, are you an environmentalist or whatever? I said, absolutely, because God's an environmentalist. He created the environment. Right. So so to be right with the environment, uh, to treat it rightly is to honor God who created it all rightly. Right. Does that make sense? So by looking at that, it, it, it shapes thoughts on all kinds of stuff. But the centrality of Genesis 1 through 3 is the creation of mankind, because we are those unique expressions that God created to show love towards, to share love with, and to give rule and reign over everything else. So the difference between Fifi, your little dog that you treat like a human, and your son or daughter or friend is that (laughs) humans are created in the image of God. Dogs are created for man, and they can comfort man, and they're cute and all that. But in the end, we're over the dog kingdom or the animal kingdom by God's choosing because we're made in his image, and we're the only ones that are able to have a will, express love, uh, respond to love, uh, create, develop, and rule over things. And so the beauty of Genesis is that God creates us in his image, He loves us, he blesses us, and then he says, come partner with me to distribute my goodness and my glory to all the earth. And that is just stunning. I mean, Drew, I know you believe me, but I'm looking at you, and I'm not sure you do, because it's so deep and wide, you have to mull it over. So here's what it does for me. Here's the joy it brings to my life. I didn't even create the ability to talk. So me talking right now is the glory of God. Me looking at you and seeing the mirror of another human is the glory of God. Me being able to express emotion is the glory of God. Me being able to talk about God freely and sense his presence is God's creation. Everything that operates rightly is the glory of God. My hand moving right now is is a million things happening at the same time that no man could create. Uh, No little organism can multiply out into this amazing ability even to breathe and walk and talk. So when I pause and think God created all things and then he made me in his image to then to distribute his glory, then honoring him, serving him, trusting him and believing him is the only thing that makes sense. And to rebel against him is like the stupidest thing in the world. It's just practically dumb (laughs) to rebel against the one who created you for goodness and grace and everything that's right. Uh, It just makes it easy to repent because um, God is the one who created this whole deal and he knows how to make it all right. So we have this, we have God who created all things, who's far above us, who out of nothing spoke us into being, and this incredible beauty of creation Mm -hmm. that includes Fifi and all of your other pets. (laughs) You know, we we have that, but then it's the beauty of God out of his own free will, letting us partner with him. Yes. And that's the the blow away. Oh, it's it's amazing. We can't even wrap our head around that. That's why it's such a privilege to know God. 
It is such a privilege to be a son or a daughter of God. It's such a privilege to do anything in the name of Jesus, you know. Um, I often call uh, what when we see God through working through people, I call it a glimpse of glory. You know, so let, let me express it this way. When you see a marriage that's right, when two people love each other, it could be in a movie or a, or a story you've read or, in, of course, in real life, you 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 sense something right right so there's it's a glimpse of glory they may not have everything perfect in their lives but you see the rightness of how god intended love to be and your heart is taken up with it right or if you see somebody uh, humbly serving another person beyond what is natural you just you just you cry or you, or you tear up or you say golly isn't that sweet or it's a glimpse of glory as god intended it and so all of life we get glimpses of glory but ultimately in the person of jesus and god's kingdom desires for us we can we we're on a journey back to everything that he intended every time we submit, attend, and believe that he is good and his ways are right. And every time we say yes to that, man, we begin to see glory as in one definition of glory as life as it should be. That's great. Yeah. It's beautiful. Well, that's Genesis 1 and 2. <laughs> okay. And if it could stop there, <laughs> that would be so yes. nice. Lord, take us back That would there. be great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he does, but we've yes. got a few other chapters to work through. So take yeah. us into Genesis 3 and the problem of sin. Yeah. So so what we're going to be doing is we're going to be doing weekly, and maybe we'll, we'll be able to do a couple a week, but we're going to stay on top of this. So I'm just going to glance at today as an outline for him. And, and that is this. Most of you are familiar with the story. The serpent comes. And I always got to pause there and say, so basically that's the devil shows up. Not basically. The devil shows up in the form of a serpent. And remember, he is not a co-equal to God. The devil is not the evil side and God's the good side and they are co-players in the eternal outplaying of God's design. The devil is a fallen angel uh, made by God for God and ultimately comes under God. But the, the reason that's so important is that he's got a lot, he lies and deceives, but he has to not have ultimate authority over God or over man. We give him authority by our own willfulness. So here he goes. He comes and he asks the question, has God really said uh, to, add, to Eve? And Adam will later agree with this, but has God really said? So there begins to become the question mark about God's goodness. Is God holding out on you? Is there not something better? And she says, well, we're not supposed to eat of the knowledge of the tree of good and evil. And then this other thing is the devil says, oh, that's ridiculous. God knows that when you take of this fruit, you will be like him and you will know good and evil. Basically, you'll now be in charge with him. Now, he already gave us partnership. He already made us in his likeness, but in right submission. So it's what's often called the great insurrection in theology where man says, hey, I can now call the shots and be my own king. Wow, that's tempting. And we usually go for it. And that's what happened to Adam and Eve. Well, then the next key piece is they take of the knowledge of the tree of good and evil. And then the third great travesty happens is that, and it's the it's the really the, the scream where God says, Adam, where are you? Of course, God knew where Adam was, but it's that resounding cry of God in history that relationship with man has now been changed forever. We can't see God anymore. 
we've sinned. We, we are blinded now from God. And immediately when you're blinded from God, then you begin to accuse one another and you begin to break your relationship to one another. The way I say it is this. Sin causes ruptured relationship with God and others, and ruptured relationships always cause sin. Name the issue on the planet that we are grieved over. It's a broken relationship with God ultimately, and then broken relationships with other people that have caused the problem of sin to be propagated. So that's a big deal that we'll talk about next week. But let me just pause to say this. The amazing thing about Jesus is that it said if one man's sin caused destruction for all mankind, then one man's act of righteousness, Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, then made us right again with God for the ability to come back to the garden, back to Genesis 2, to have hope for life and health and strength and grace because the relationship has been restored by God himself because he knew we couldn't restore it on our own. I mean, the gospel is the most beautiful story in the world, and it makes everything wrong right, but it's a process for us to get back there because we've been so contaminated by the world, the flesh, and lied to by the devil that we, it, it's a journey. That's what repentance is. It's a journey, and, and my hope and my prayer, actually, just through this podcast, is that we'll be stirred to look at the king and the kingdom in a fresh new way, but we'll be stirred to do what Jesus said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. We'll be stirred to begin to make our way back to the way that God intended. And um, and man, when that happens, there's some big giants that can go down. You, you take the giant of racism, right? It's because of our lack of love for one another, our lack of understanding one another. It's our, it's our sin that has caused the, the huge challenges that we're now experiencing. And when we start getting right with God, right with one another, and love starts motivating us around the kingdom of God, there's a chance for healing, not only a chance, but there's a desire of God to see us healed and restored to one another. Man, you could layer it to economic issues, political issues, family issues, whatever the brokenness is, it's a brokenness of relationship and it's restored through Jesus but sin's the problem, not just the person that you're mad at. It's great. It's a great exhortation. Uh, I heard you say something in one of our meetings that uh, I loved this phrase, continual conversion. Yeah. And you just hit that. But take yeah. us in a little bit more, because I think that yeah. maybe for some of us, uh, it might be something, a, a new phraseology. If you've been around yeah. us, you probably have heard us talk sure. language like that. But I'd love to hear a bit more. Yeah. So, so you have the, um, I am justified... Uh, by grace alone. So I confess Jesus as Lord. His grace alone covers my sin. My salvation is secure based on his covenant to me. So I am very secure in my salvation. But the common term is, but work out your salvation with fear and trembling. So that doesn't mean that I'm not saved. It means now I'm being born again again. Every part of me now needs to be saved. My mind needs to be saved. My emotions need to be saved. My will needs to be reset. And there's this process of sanctification in this life that literally peels the onion layer to get down to the core of what God's created for me. So I have salvation that's a covenant based on grace alone. I have a process of repentance and turning to God and trusting him that then changes me into what he intended and allows me to see him rightly. And then ultimately we have glorification. So on that day, I will see him just as he is. And the however far I came in the journey of 
transformation will be realized in its fullness when I see him face to face. But maybe I just want to say this to all of our listeners, is that never let the devil lie to you and say it's too late to change. That's a good word. It's not. It's never too late to change. I mean, literally, I've been with people on their deathbed where they've repented to a friend or a loved one, they've extended a hand, they've prayed, they've forgiven, they've cared for somebody, and it's set the course of another generation of grace. In a moment, you can do a kingdom activity and change something. But my hope even more so is that we see this journey as, hey, I want to be born again again in every year of my life that doesn't look like Jesus so that the kingdom of God can be made manifest, not only to me personally, but on behalf of others and for the glory of God. It's great, Jimmy. Great word for us. And I, I do think um, for all of us, you know, even as you were talking about Genesis, really yeah. diving in, that could be another good application point yeah. of how, how do we immerse ourselves in the story? There's so many competing stories. And mm. how do we immerse ourselves in the story of Scripture? Mm. I found personally... Um, Genesis, the whole book of Genesis, but especially right, the first three chapters, mm-hmm. um, beginning of Exodus, if you read that and then read the Gospels, over and over and over again, you get you get this image, it just jumps at you, yeah. that Jesus is giving us a whole new way of being human, a mm-hmm. whole new mm-hmm. way of living, and, and that's that exhortation to be born again, again. Yes. Well, I, I know we're going to wrap it up here, but just as a little aside, so I don't forget it in another podcast. And it's so interesting. The number one story that is repeated and referenced in the New Testament is the children being delivered from Egypt through the Red Sea and into uh, the process of victory uh, by the grace of God, right? And so what we have is that story of deliverance that we see in the Old Testament for the children of Israel is the story of deliverance that's played out in the person life of Jesus because God's goal is always to deliver you and to bring you into victory, not for you to live in defeat. Amen. As we wrap up, I know that you got a new podcast going on. I do. And um, uh, it's a really lightweight thing. You guys are just throwing out lightweight topics. Tell us just a little about it as we wrap up. Sure. Uh, for those of you who know Mick Murray, who leads the discipleship school here in Waco, uh, and is an Antioch legend. Uh, I he think is most an people, legend. Anybody who knows him. And rightfully so. And Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so he and I have started a podcast called Ideology, and uh, really, so much of this stuff we're talking about today, you know, taking uh, maybe a bit more of the intersection of culture and theology and trying to help equip people to make sense of all the stuff that's going on. Right? That, that's probably too bold. I don't know that anybody can make sense of it, but at least at least have some fresh lenses to looking at it and finding Jesus in the midst of it. So you can find us on um, Spotify or iTunes uh, and just search ideology and it should pop up. Beautiful. So, hey, jump back on with us, you guys. We're on it every week, maybe a couple times a week. We'll see where it goes. But for sure, every week we'll be rolling out on the kingdom of God because, man, if there's any time we've ever needed to look at the king and the kingdom, it's now to rightly interpret how to apply the grace of God in today's society. Love you guys. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Passion and Purpose, a podcast with Jimmy Seibert and the Antioch Movement. For more information, please visit jimmycybert.com and antioch.org. We'll see you next time.